0: This is the Gutsy Health Podcast with Jeanique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast.
1: Hi everyone.
0: Today we are going to be talking about something a little bit different and um, I don't want to even say it's controversial because we. I want to I wanna talk today about healing our country. You know, we talk about healing our bodies, healing our gut. How do we heal our communities, because there has been a lot of upheaval. There's been a lot of inflammation online, in conversations, and certain topics. And it seems like within ourselves, we, the people, we are becoming more and more divided, more and more angry. We are all confused. We are all hurt. We are all wounded. And I want, I want to, I want today to see if there is a way that we can have open dialogue and conversation about who the big bad guy really is. It's not COVID, it's not masks. I think you're gonna be really, really surprised as to the systems that we are all entrenched in and stuck in and we didn't even realize that they were there in the first place.
1: I would even argue that uh, the the powers that be, the actual real bad guys have done such an effective job at mm-hmm. hiding themselves yes. as the bad guys that they have convinced us that our enemy is each other. Right. And in fact, uh, there was a recent poll done. They asked people whether they expected the worst still to come with COVID or whether we had already kind of gone through the worst of it. And- Among liberals, uh, 23% said we've already gone through the worst of it and whatever the rest, what, 77% said that the worst is yet to come. Wow. Among conservatives, it was almost exactly the opposite. Yeah. Three fourths said we've already gone through the worst and only a fourth said the worst is still yet to come. Wow. No. The reason I bring that up is not to make this a conservative versus liberal thing. But that is exactly what they have done but to yep, us. Yep. They have turned this into a liberal versus conservative, a Democrat versus Republican. And as a result of that, we spend all of our time throwing rocks at each other. Mm-hmm. And we are completely blind to the system that is keeping us all down equally. Right. Right? The oppression that we are all experiencing. And, and I use that word knowing that it's a very inflammatory word. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that, that there is oppression taking place in this system. And we are all suffering from it, yeah. And the people benefiting from that are probably just laughing their heads off, right? At how well they're, they have accomplished this.
0: They're completely untouchable. And again, this to you guys, this is a lot bigger than COVID. I I spoke about this in my stories this past Monday, and I wanted to record it because I didn't save those stories, and I had a lot of people asking if I had. So we're gonna try and recreate that conversation that I had the other day with everyone but you guys um, we have been born into these systems that have oppressed all of us but the people that get hurt the most are those that are poor those that are uneducated those that do not have a leg up in life and these systems that are put in play are things that are completely invisible so I'm going to ask you a question and, I, and I'm going to have you mentally answer it. And the question is, how many of you grew up believing that if you exercised, you would lose weight, that weight loss is purely because you are not exercising enough. And because of that, you hit the gym and you didn't lose weight. And so you hit the gym harder and you still didn't lose weight. How many of you guys had that belief system? And there's a reason you had that belief system. So let's talk about back in like the 70s and the 80s. And we're going to talk about our big, wonderful, monolithic company called Coca-Cola. And people were starting to wake up back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And researchers were coming out and saying, hey, this this product that you guys are producing, corn syrup and sugar and processed foods, this, this is actually harming people. It's causing health issues and disease. And the the power that these companies have is ginormous because they pushed back, and what did they do? They paid for scientists, they paid for research, they paid institutions to come out with their own horde of research to contradict that. And the message and the media marketing that they came out with was, "It's not your food; it's your exercise." So go, so get off your couch and start exercising while you are guzzling your. 84-ounce Coke or Mountain Dew or Diet Pepsi. And people believe that. That is the power that Coca-Cola has over our narrative around our health, which is pretty scary, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, we all know that Coca-Cola is one of the biggest companies in the world.
0: One of the biggest, but it, it gets worse than that. So not only can a company who has enough money pay their own researchers to put out a narrative, but they can also create a entire organization that lobbies for government health regulations to be instilled. So what am I talking about here? If you go and Google ILSI, it's called the International Life Sciences Institute or something like that. I'm just going to call it ILSI. ILSI is a lobbying Agency that is funded by companies like McDonald's and Coca-Cola and chemical companies. And they have a lot of sway in what the government tells us, the people, you and me, what is and isn't healthy. So when the government pushes a health narrative, it is being paid for by these companies that feed us junk food. So do you really think that they are going to give us sound information and sound research that is going to hinder their sales?
1: No way, Jose.
0: No, not even a little bit.
1: And that, by the way, super, super important because what this allows them to do is hide behind a veil of research, mm-hmm. right? They get to say, look, look at all of this data out there. It's not us. Look at these researchers. This isn't an opinion. Mm-hmm. This is fact. How many times have you had that thrown at you in a debate before? Yes. This is just facts. Look at the research. Mm-hmm. But no one ever looks at what's behind the research. And in this case, what's behind the research is a big, ugly monster mm-hmm. that goes by the name of Ilse.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of money.
1: Oh, well, and of course, and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's not even necessarily that the research they're doing is is like fake. It's not that they are coming up with numbers that aren't actually there. Right. It's that it's so easy to set up a research study to... Basically, show you whatever results you're hoping to get. Exactly. It's so, so easy to do that. If you know how to do stats, if you know how to do research design, you can make it look basically any way you want it to look. Exactly. But the average person doesn't know that. And the average person doesn't know how to recognize that. No. And so here we are in this situation.
0: Yes, and so we and and so I think my biggest issue around this whole COVID thing is this full sense of security that we can just put on a face mask and we're safe. And yet we go out and we buy our soda and we buy our processed food. And you know, it, it, you guys, we have to stop focusing on the, the the details and kind of focus out and take a bird's eye view at this entire situation and realize we have been set up for decades. We have been set up for disease and we've been set up to get stuck on a medical merry-go-round because this affects everyone. And, you know, the majority of people that are listening are middle to upper class women who who work or stay at home, who knows what, but they are women who are people who are trying to find health, like answers to their health issues. And they, we are all sick because we have been living off of this standard American diet, which is the standard. Mm -hmm. And the standard has been funded by these companies, Mm -hmm. right? And so they're trying to find answers and they eventually do, and then they can heal themselves. What about people that can't afford private doctors. What about people that don't have access to this kind of education? What about people that are stuck in the system? And I want to talk about people that don't have a lot of money. All right. They are on chip. They are on government subsidies. They rely on government programs for babysitting, for housing, for food, for money. Right. Let's take it even further.
1: How about people who don't live in the United States and they live in a country where we don't even have chip. We don't even have social security or other social nets. We have, they have nothing,
0: nothing. Right. And what are they like? But, but here's the thing that, that angers me the most. All right. So they have to buy cheap food and the cheap food is going to be processed food. And it's going to be soda. Soda is cheaper than water guys. Now, why is it so cheap? And this should enrage everyone because again, I'm not your bad guy. You're not my bad guy. Okay. Our taxpayer dollars are off are used to subsidize corn. They're used to subsidize corn syrup. They're used to make wheat really cheap. They're used to create GMO food that is affordable so it can be turned into processed food and shipped globally. We are paying for that. The people pay for disease.
1: You think you're getting these foods super cheap, right? That's the reason why you buy them over the organic fruits and mm-hmm. vegetables. You're not. You just prepaid for you all prepaid of these things for it. Exactly. with your taxes.
0: Exactly. And now people that don't have a lot of money, they have to use chip. They have to use whatever they are given to buy cheap food. Mm-hmm. And now they are enmeshed in the system that is setting them up for disease, that is setting them up for heart disease, diabetes, um, you know, and then... Oh, we'll talk about diabetes medication in just a second because, because so many people are so dependent on insulin and then our government allows big pharma, these pharmaceutical companies to price match their insulin prices. And so insulin prices keep going up and up and up at the exact same pricing in the exact same time.
1: You know what they call that, by the way? What do they call it's it? It's called anti-competitive behavior. Right. Sometimes also known as a monopoly, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yep. granted, there's two companies here, so it's a duopoly. But the fact is that this sort of thing should be illegal. It should be. There are literally laws against this type of anti-competitive behavior.
0: Actually, there are zero laws that allow that let big pharma... Big pharma I should do say,
1: I, w- I would argue there are zero laws being enforced. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure there's a very clear precedent in our country Mm -hmm. against anti-competitive behavior.
0: I wonder if big pharma has like some kind of...
1: Well, it doesn't matter, right? Right. Because when you're as powerful as they are... Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want. Laws only matter to the level that they're enforced. If a law is not enforced, it might as well not exist. Right. So whether there's a specific law or not, Mm -hmm. there's probably a loophole. Yeah. These people are above it all.
0: Above it all. The people are above it all. And
1: who pays for this? We do. the the people who need help the most Mm -hmm. people with diabetes are some of the most vulnerable people in our society when it comes to their health. Mm -hmm. And they are paying through the nose for this medication that by the way, is not that expensive to produce.
0: Well, it's much cheaper in other countries. There are people that try to smuggle it from like Canada. Right. And I think it's it's, not cheaper
1: there because mm -hmm. it's easier for them to make it. Right. It's just as easy for us. Mm -hmm. So why isn't it cheaper here? <laughs> because because we don't care about people
0: right. we care about profits we we care about corporations poor people like us the people and people who are poor capitalism is built off of us and those that are profiting from capitalism it's not you it's not me it's not them it's the corporations as we
1: sit here talking right now the S&P 500 has basically 100% recovered from the dip it had from the outbreak of coronavirus. What's the S&P? That's the, uh, an index of the value of stocks. It oh. kind of represents the average. Yeah. The, the Dow, another index, has mm-hmm. fully recovered. It's doing great. Mm-hmm. The NASDAQ, which is a, another financial market, has yeah. completely recovered all of the losses it had from the initial outbreak, mm-hmm. yet- we have almost 15% unemployment. Yeah. Meaning the average American is spiraling right now. Yeah. Not even sure if we're going to have a job or have already lost a job. Right. Yet our financial markets are doing as well as they have ever done in the history of markets. Just fine. Mm
0: -hmm. Why
1: is that? Because who owns stocks for the most part? It's the wealthy. It's the privileged,
0: massive corporations
1: who is not worried about losing a job the people who actually own all the jobs, Mm -hmm. right? The rich.
0: Exactly. You know, I was actually reading online that um, health insurance companies actually have massive stocks, like billions or millions or billions of dollars. I don't know. I can't remember. I've read so many numbers, but they have a lot of money in fast food stocks.
1: All right. We call this integrity, or in this case, the lack thereof, (laughs) right? The lack of
0: integrity. If
1: you call yourself... A health company, if you proclaim that your mission is to make people healthier, how on earth can you justify putting money into an endeavor whose sole existence depends on people making very unhealthy choices, right? Right? That is not a company that cares about you or your health.
0: And they're not stupid, guys. They know. They know that their product is making people sick. They know that their product is increasing obesity globally. They know these things. They know it so well that they paid off researchers to make sure that the narrative was completely altered. Mm -hmm. And then they pumped out their narrative into the media like crazy. Let's talk about the media for a second. And who owns the media? I can't tell you, but I know it's not us. It's not the people. We are being fed a narrative that divides us. We have always, and this is the thing, we have always been fed a narrative that divides us. We have always been fed information that doesn't serve us, it serves them. And
1: lest you think that your media is the good guys and the other media is the bad guys, no. No. Not the case. There are no good guys in big media. There isn't. There's not, they might have moments where they align with what you believe. Mm -hmm. That's not the same thing as them looking out for your interests. Okay. So I don't care what side of the aisle you're on politically. Yep. You should not be trusting your media. No, you shouldn't. With 100% confidence. Mm -hmm. You should be verifying everything. You should be looking underneath the carpet, so to speak. Totally. To see what's hiding there.
0: Let's take this a little step further. I want to talk about China for a second and I want to talk about the power that Coca-Cola has in China. How hard is it to actually create any kind of laws in China? It's really hard.
1: Well, unless you are the law, unless and that's you're the, the Communist Party.
0: However, however, Coca-Cola is so powerful that Ilsi, the International Life Sciences Institute, you know, mm-hmm. the they lobbying whatever. They have, they, they, the Ilse in China has a lot of overlapping employees in the Chinese CDC. Now, can anyone see a massive conflict of interest? Coca-Cola employees in Ilse work for the CDC in China as well, okay? What does the CDC do for us?
1: Well, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? Well, they're supposed, I mean, it's disease control, right? Disease they're control. They're supposed to help us Health control. avoid disease and be healthy,
0: Right. However, their government officials are also being paid by Coca-Cola as well. So the narrative being spewed out in the CDC is again, just exercise more guys. Drink your soda, exercise more. There is nothing to see here. Mm -hmm. And that's in China. All right. If they can do it in China, they can do it anywhere else. And guess what? They are. They are ta- like these food corporations. They are taking their junk food. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call a spade a spade. It is poison. Mm-hmm. All right. They're taking their poison. And yes, it poisons you over a few decades. Slow
1: poison. Slow
0: poison. But it, it eventually leads to like heart failure and strokes. And right.
1: N- not to take this conspiracy theory to 11, but... <laughs> if you are one of these companies that wants to extract every possible dime out of a person, what's the best way to do it? Make them just sick enough for as long as possible. Right. Just oh. sick enough that they hmm. need to pay you for healthcare, for medications, right? for you name it. And right? food. If they die, you've lost a customer. Mm-hmm. If they get better, you've lost a customer. Right. So the sweet spot for these companies is- Keep you afloat fairly sick people that are still able to work and function. Right. right. And that's where we find ourselves. That is exactly where America is. I can't speak for China. I don't know what their population is like, but in America, everybody is pretty sick, but not sick enough to have to quit work.
0: Right. Well, I mean, just look at our obesity rates. Our over, mm-hmm. like they, they just keep going up and up the, and up. The
1: diabetes rates, the obesity rates, so all of it. So
0: clearly the health guidelines in the government are not helping us. Right. So... I mean, I don't know how much more obvious we can make this, right? That there is this interbreeding amongst government and corporations, corporations and government. And it is really hard to find where the line is, like what separates them from each other, because there is a lot of overlap. But I want to talk about the free trade. Um, What is that that happened a few like a few decades ago? Free trade amongst inter- international trade. Well, no, so, so free
1: trade agreements have been around yes. for a long, long time. And the idea, the concept behind them is good, which is that we shouldn't have tariffs, which are basically added taxes mm-hmm. on foreign goods because that just causes the prices of everything to go up. Right. So the average person benefits if we reduce barriers to trade. Right. So they come up with these agreements that enable more free trade to take place. hmm but, as always, is the case in politics and law, the devil is in the details. it
0: really is well, and i want to I want to bring out one of the details really fast, because what is america? i want to I want to highlight on Mexico for a second because Mexico has actually surpassed America in obesity rates and um and weight, basically, overweight, obesity interesting. And so let's look at the correspondence of their, their obesity rates. And when we started exporting Mm -hmm. corn syrup and soda and refined foods to Mexico, and guess what Mexico gives us back in return? Labor? No, (laughs) our organic produce. Next time you go shopping, look at the label. Where did it come from? grown in Mexico, Mm -hmm. right? So we get, I think it's something like 75% of their produce. And what do they get in return? Soda. They get soda. We get vegetables. So
1: we're sending them our junk and they're giving us their high quality, hopefully high quality. Absolutely.
0: So how did this free trade agreement benefit this country and other third world countries that are struggling? Mm -hmm. So they will pay for cheap food, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be, it's going to come at the expense of their, of disease Mm -hmm. and dysfunction. All right. Now, this is what i want to I want to highlight the systemic era because, yes, we are affected, but there are people being affected right now that cannot advocate for themselves. They don't know that they are enmeshed and they are the victims of this diseased cycle in system. The system that has created codependency, us on them. Well, they, well, I guess it's not even codependence. We are dependent on them now. We're dependent on them for the medication, for the disease, you know, they feed us food so we get the disease Mm -hmm. and we don't even realize it. There's no education. There is zero education in schools no child learns about nutrition unless it's like some
1: well they they talk about the the my plate a little the bit my plate. Uh-huh. yes which you know, has improved back greatly. when we were in school it was the pyramid well when i was in school it was the pyramid right but but yeah the plate is um mostly grains right
0: I, I, it used no i think it's changed is it better now i think it has changed but before yeah. the food pyramid was like mostly grains mostly grains and, yeah you know it it was ridiculous but there are a lot of people at, that are struggling right now from, you know, poverty, but then also disease. And we are we need to educate ourselves and we kind of need to band to get together to realize that we are not each other's enemy. This right. isn't about masks. This isn't about... So on that note,
1: um, how many of you, and, and you could be on either side of this. I found myself on either side of this. How many of you have been given a dirty look or even yelled at mm. because you weren't wearing a mask right. in public right. or how many of you actually had a mean, angry thought about someone you saw not wearing a mask or too close to other people or you name it. Right. Right. We, we spend a lot of emotional energy dealing with the mask thing, right. Which, you know, I'm not going to talk about whether the masks are actually important or not, but how many of you have ever had a dirty thought about someone because not a dirty thought like that sorry like a like, mean thought like a mean thought because that person is not getting enough vitamin D right or because that person is zinc deficient right how many of you actually told another person you really ought to be working on getting your vitamin D levels up mm-hmm. and why am I talking about vitamin D because vitamin D and zinc have actually been pretty highly correlated with how well people do
0: exactly with coronavirus exactly
1: right the likelihood of you Getting and sustaining a bad infection Mm -hmm. from coronavirus, getting COVID-19, goes up dramatically if your vitamin D levels and your zinc levels are too low, Right, which means that you are more likely to spread it. Exactly. Why don't we care about that?
0: Because that's not the narrative that's been given to us in the media. Exactly. That's not what we're talking about. How
1: many of you have even heard the media talking about vitamin D levels and zinc levels? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. Maybe a little bit.
0: Right. But you know what's really cool is we are starting to talk to each other. We're hearing doctors come out. We're hearing nurses come out. We're hearing health experts come out. And we're sharing that with each other, but it needs to get bigger. We need to do better. We need to say more things about that topic because it's it's going to be us that helps heal each other. It's going to be us that helps bring change into, but, but we can't do that when we're divided, right? We can't do that. I want to take that the mask issue a step further because there's this big, ugly narrative in our society and in our culture that we can't talking about junk food is judgmental. Mm -hmm. Who the heck brought that up? Right. You guys, what kind of bogusness is this? I can't talk about a spade being a spade. Mm -hmm. I can't call, people out and say listen what you're eating is making you sick because that's judgmental mm-hmm. are you kidding me right now where did that narrative come from when did that become a political correctness issue right because people are dying yeah like I think it's something, it's between 600,000 to 700,000 people die a year from heart disease, okay? That's a lot of people. That's just in America, Mm -hmm. just in America, okay? The CD, even the CDC, says that 80% of heart disease can be prevented by lifestyle changes. But we're not allowed to talk about those lifestyle changes. Are you freaking kidding me right now, guys? Right. What is wrong with us? Why can't we
1: see? You know, part of the problem is that we're not capable of talking about it without so much emotion getting injected into it, right? That's so true. If if we see something that could use correction, we are like incapable of doing that with compassion and with kindness. It's Mm -hmm. always judgmental and shameful. Right. And that's, I think that's the big rift here is that, is that on the one hand, we have people who they want to talk about it, but they do it in such a shaming way mm-hmm. that that's where we come up with this, you know, beautiful at every oh, size. No. And and I totally understand the, the feeling behind those movements because it is not helpful to a person to make fun of the way they look. It is not helpful for a person to judge their actions based on the way they look, right? We don't know anything about what they've been trying to do. Goodness knows we've worked with a lot of people who have been doing a lot of good things and they're still having a hard time losing weight. Exactly. Right?
0: Happens all the time.
1: But that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to talk about health. We're not allowed to talk about obesity. We're not allowed to talk about these underlying factors Mm -hmm. that make it so difficult for people to lose weight. Right. Right? Totally. So we have to do this intelligently. And
0: that's, I think, where it gets tricky. Exactly. I think, okay, so we have been put against each other. We are, I feel like we are caged dogs fighting over scraps. And we're not looking at the cage And we're saying, hey, we're in this cage together. And the people outside of the cage, they're the ones that got us here. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go after them. Let's stop fighting over the scraps. And how do we do that? And I think you're absolutely right, Tristan. And I spoke about this on Monday. We need to have loving conversation. We mm-hmm. need to have conversations that heal, conversations that are not judgmental. We need to stop calling each other names. We need to stop yelling at people on the internet and calling you know, telling them stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Like you you're not allowed to talk about political garbage. Mm-hmm. We need to remember that we are all human beings having a human experience and that it's important to Communicate in a way that reaches as many people as possible. And the only way we can do that is through compassionate communication.
1: Mm-hmm. How does that, like, what, what does, does that, that even look, look like? like? Yeah. <laughs> How does a person begin that type of a conversation without getting a shotgun to the face? Right? I don't know. It's
0: so, because... I, you know, so I've, I've reached out to a few people online. I've, I'm talking with Shauna, who is a little less toxic on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to be talking this Friday mm-hmm. about how do we have open conversations about this? Like, how do we have healing conversations about this? And how do we invite people that don't have the same perspectives as us? How do we invite them into this? Mm-hmm. You know, cause yes, we need a band together, but we need to make this band bigger mm-hmm. and include everyone, right? People that are different from us, people that are not different from us. And my thoughts, one of my my things is, yes, we need to help educate each other and use language like, you know, there's things that you understand that I don't. And there's Mm -hmm. things that I understand that you don't. Let's listen to each other Mm -hmm. and validate each other's experiences. Let's not, let's stop talking about the dang masks, guys. And let's talk about the broken system that we all are unified under and oppressed by. Because that is something we all have in common is mm-hmm. that we are, they are feeding off of us like parasites and we don't even realize it. But we know we can sense something is wrong, right? We feel the wound of that. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for people to blame and we're blaming each other.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think the issue goes even deeper than that though because we can have all the conversations we want with people who are willing to have those conversations. Right. But there's actually a whole army of people out there who... If you were to ask them if they want to have a conversation, their response is going to be, when when on earth am I going to have a conversation? Right. Because these are frontline workers, right? One of the things we've learned from COVID-19 is that our most essential employees in the country are also the ones that get paid the worst and who have the worst working conditions. They're the ones who we as a country cannot afford to let take work off when they get sick. Mm -hmm. It's your grocery store employees. It's your service people, right? right? It's all those people who they have no choice but to continue working and and doing all this, which great, they get a job, but their job pays them nothing. Exactly. And they can only afford whatever basically food stamps provide for them. Right. So how do we have a conversation with those people when know. when they don't have the the energy or the time? I think we need more systemic changes. Yeah, right. We need what amounts to activism
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order to, for one, give them the resources that they can actually take time off if they need it. Yeah, right. Yes. So so. Yeah, I would argue maybe we need to increase minimum wage. Maybe we do. I don't know. Mm -hmm. This is my point is not to get political with this. But we do need to start treating these people as if they actually do matter. Right. Because what we're learning right now, they matter a lot. Right. How many of you right now are like, oh my gosh, my children's teachers are superheroes? Right. I think that every day. (laughs) And they're among the least paid people in our country. It's so true. Right? They get they get treated Awfully, Mm -hmm. and and yet here we are, right? So, so we need to work to make it easier for people to get educated. Yeah, we need to work to make it easier for people to have access to resources. Yeah, Um, I think. Did you talk on Instagram about the uh, the food deserts?
0: No. What is that?
1: There are entire swaths of the country that don't have access to fresh food. Yeah. Right. And these are actually usually in like big cities yeah. where you can be miles and miles away from the nearest grocery store that actually sells something that's not in a can or a box. Right. And these people don't have access to those stores because they don't have cars. Right. So what do they do? They go to the bodega, they buy whatever canned boxed food they mm-hmm. can get. The gas station. And what's in those canned and boxed foods at the gas station? What's a bodega? the bodega? A bodega is like a, a convenience store. Oh, okay. Right? Sorry,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Is that an, is that an American word?
1: Um, I've never heard that. Maybe I, I don't know. Okay, it's but, not but it's not really station. something they have here in, in Utah, right? right? We have gas stations, but right. but in like New York, they have what would essentially be a gas station without the gas pumps,
0: right?
1: And and that's a bodega. Gotcha. But the fact is that they're serving or offering all of these so called foods yeah. that are not really good. They're full no. of synthetic junk and 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 Yeah, Yeah. all All, the bad things so how do we fix the food deserts
0: well let me talk to you about let's i i want people to hear this because there's another layer to it because there's another Mm -hmm. layer to it we well i had someone say this the other day on facebook they're like well it's you know it's They need to have access to fresh food. And I'm like, okay. So I actually know a few people. I spoke with them online and they were working in certain areas to get fresh produce for really cheap Mm -hmm. into these poorer communities. But the food rotted on the shelves. Why did it rot on the shelf? Because nobody knows how to cook. We are not. So why would someone who is looking at fresh produce like broccoli and carrots, and then they're looking at microwaved mac and cheese, Mm -hmm. who in their right mind would pick the vegetables over the mac and cheese? Because to them, they have been taught that a calorie is a calorie. I eat something, it fills me up, Mm -hmm. I'm good to go. So this is a systemic issue where we are not educated on the value of fresh produce. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to marketing. It goes back to our government having health... Guidelines created by those companies putting that junk food in our grocery stores and our bodegas and, <laughs> and they don't want us to get educated. In fact, they mm-hmm. want us to get miseducated and say, you know what, get your fat ass up and exercise. That's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you guys, we need to now say enough is enough because this is affecting the poorer areas because they have no idea. They have no idea that vegetables will help heal them. Vegetables are healthy foods and they need to learn how to cook with them but why when they don't have the time and they Mm -hmm. don't have the emotional bandwidth Mm -hmm. because the entire system has been put up against them and they're working 60 hours a week to get minimum wage, to put a really cheap roof over their head
1: until they get laid off because the economy is falling to pieces and then they don't have the money to do it. So do you see how this is a catch 22? Either there's no time or there's no money, but there's an, other layer as well that goes into this. And it's at the crossroads of food science and marketing, Mm -hmm. which is that these packaged foods are designed to be addictive,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Mac and cheese is so good. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You might disagree with me because you've been eating healthy for a long time. I have been eating healthy for a long time. I still think mac and cheese is one of the most delicious foods in in the world. And that's because they have perfected the art of making it delicious and Triggering all of those wonderful chemicals in your brain that mm-hmm. make you go woo! Right, I want that again. Yep. Right. It's it's an amusement park for your taste buds.
0: Well, they hire like scientists to create the perfect neurochemical to, mm-hmm. you know, right activate those excitotoxins in your brain to be like this tastes amazing.
1: And, and what's crazy about this is that we willingly do this to our kids, even though we don't have to. Right. right? And now I'm talking to the privileged people again. That you have access to healthy foods, you have the time and money to prepare those, Mm -hmm. but your kids want mac and cheese, dang it, because they love mac and cheese. And how are you going to argue with them? Because it only takes you five minutes to make it as opposed to an hour in the kitchen making something healthier.
0: Exactly. Also, let's take this a step further. What is the most addictive substance on the planet? Sugar. It's sugar, you guys. They did a study, I think it was in Australia, where they gave, I don't know if it was rats or mice. I need to look it up. Either way, they gave them cocaine water and they gave them sugar water and the- The rodents went to the sugar water way more than the cocaine water. So sugar is more addicting than cocaine. And guess what? We revel in it. We glorify it. We market it. We celebrate it. We utilize it as a reward system when our kids get a test right or they show up to karate or they read a book. We throw them this drug and we call it food yeah. okay this and i've talked about the poisonous nature of sugar in the body in the liver mm-hmm. it literally creates toxins that breaks down your liver mm-hmm and we are eating more than four times the daily limit of it every single day. Do you know that the average, that women are supposed to only eat 23 grams of sugar a day, and yet the average American eats between 85 and 125 grams of sugar a day. Wow. That's a lot. That, that's how
1: much people used to eat in like a year.
0: And if you're like, well, I'm a dude, so I have a little bit more leeway. No, your daily is 25.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> is it so really?
0: yeah, so women, it's like 23 or 24, depending on which resources you're looking at. And then it's like 25 to 26.
1: So basically, even in the best of circumstances, it is very difficult to switch the brain chemistry to crave healthy foods and prefer them over mm-hmm. the junk food, right? Even in the best of circumstances where you've got privilege. Abounding,
0: And the reason why is because you need to look at everyone as an addict to sugar. Okay. I know that's really harsh wording and some people are going to feel judged, but it is true. We are all addicted to sugar guys. Yeah. And, and so then
1: we come back to this systemic issue of we've got millions of people living in conditions Mm -hmm. where they haven't been educated. They don't have easy access to healthy food. They Mm -hmm. don't know what to do with healthy food. Right. And then we need them to eat healthier so that they will be healthier so that we don't have pandemics like this that ravage our country.
0: Mm-hmm. Holy cow. That makes no sense. It, it,
1: and it does us no good to have judgment in this situation. Zero. If good. you are going to have judgment, judge the system. Judge the system. And, and I think that's kind of what we're hoping everyone will do here is rise up against the system, not each other. Exactly stop fighting each other about the details of who is making the wrong choice in this moment. Yep. And let's look at what is driving this whole movement towards obesity, diabetes, and and continual addiction to right. terrible food options, Right, right?
0: Now, if that wasn't enough nails in a coffin, you guys, if that wasn't convincing, then I want to share one more really tragic scenario with you guys. And hopefully this will hit home because- If there's anything that makes news not sexy, it is people in a third world country dying from a disease. And I'm talking about Sierra Leone. It was back in like 2016 or 2017 when they um, had their massive Ebola outbreak, okay? Did anybody hear about that? Probably not.
1: Maybe, if you listen to NPR, it might've come up.
0: Maybe, but not a lot of people, okay? So there was not a lot of eyes on what was happening. But I think it was something like 16 or 17,000 people died in three months. And
1: if you did hear about it, it was probably in the context of could this be coming to America? Right, right, Right. exactly. This is only relevant to us insofar as it could affect us personally. It could affect us
0: personally, right? (laughs) Seriously. So, anyways, there were a bunch of doctors from America who went to Sierra Leone and they took vitamin C IV and they took ozone machines and they were, and for 10 days, you guys, It took 10 days for them to get to the clinic, start treating people. They started curing people. If I
1: remember right, they were literally only working on the people who are going to be administering this, right? They were training people Mm -hmm. to continue the work after they left. And they were still in that process. And they were seeing amazing results with it.
0: Amazing results. You guys, if you get Ebola, the chances of you dying from it is 40%. All right, this is a very Deadly disease. So these doctors, they started seeing these incredible results with their support staff, and the government shut them down after 10 days. And this is what happened Big Pharma found out that they were with these doctors that were going down curing people. They complained to the World Health Organization, and the World Health Organization said to Sierra Leone, We will pull funding if you do not kick these people out. You guys, why? Why would anybody who is in a third world country helping really poor people, very underprivileged people, why would we not want to help them with a solution?
1: Keep in mind that there are very few, if any, side effects from this particular treatment that they were doing, right? This was not something that like, well, it cures Ebola, but then you die three days later of cancer. It's not like that at all.
0: So I'm going to tell you, and you can research it yourself, but last year- Big Pharma came out with a vaccine for Ebola, okay? This had everything to do with a money war. Like this is this is a turf war and poor, sick, dying people means money for them, all right? It, it's right? They're, they're not valuing life here. I'm just gonna say that right now. Maybe that's inflammatory. Maybe that's judgmental. I don't know. But when we let poor people die in a country far away from us and we don't do anything about it and it's because Big Pharma complained, we have our priorities wrong, mm-hmm. all right? There's a problem here. Mm-hmm. And if we don't look at that problem and we don't have massive red flags, if, if, that, if you're not getting red flags right now because you 100% believe in big pharma and you think that they are this incredibly selfless organization here to give us wonderful drugs for very little money, I think you are sorely mistaken. All right, I need you to look at that system, how we are enmeshed in it, how there are laws governing bodies that set us up for disease because you can't cure disease without the aid of their drugs. That's a problem because big pharma has capitalized now on our bodies and our health, and we are not allowed to help ourselves without their aid. That is a problem.
1: Now, remember this, everybody. One of the key tenets of medicine is first, do no harm. Right. Okay, this is really important because we have the knowledge, we have the data that we could use to help people be healthy from the ground up and not need all of these expensive treatments and medications and things. We have the information, but we are not utilizing it because it does not make money. Right. right. Medicine has been hijacked. It has been. And and this is not the fault of the doctors or the nurses. No. This is not the fault of the people who are literally putting their lives on the line Mm -hmm. to help everybody else in this situation right now. Yep. This is the fault of a system that has inserted money where money doesn't belong. And as a result, money is winning, right? Money Mm -hmm. will always win when it gets thrown into the equation. Right. So we're ignoring... The foundations of health, which are eating a good diet, getting enough sleep, managing our stress, getting exercise, all of those things, they're being completely ignored other than, oh yeah, you should go and do those things, but we're not going to give you any information about how. Right. And we are focusing all of our energy on creating medications that are going to make a very small number of people extremely rich. Mm -hmm. I should say even richer. Yeah. Yep. Right. And we are cheering that on because they have successfully convinced us that those are our two options. Exactly. Either we come up with the cure or everybody dies. Right. That's it. There's no other option. Because apparently our bodies are completely helpless and completely unable to manage disease without the use of these external medications.
0: Right. And apparently, doctors sharing information about how to boost your immune system and how to use other things to help you heal, that is all being censored, okay? We are seeing a lot of censorship right now and I and I don't know why. Maybe it's because these massive systems, these monolithic companies are worried about us talking to each other. I don't know. I don't know the reasons yet. I don't know the answers, but I think the first part of us healing as a society, as a nation, as a world, is to recognize that we are not each other's enemy. Okay. It's this isn't this is bigger than COVID. It's always been bigger than COVID. This has been a systemic issue for decades. Mm-hmm. And maybe COVID is the catalyst that wakes us up and realizes that, and helps us realize that there is something very wrong here. And we are done having these parasites feeding off of our bodies and our money and our well being. But again, It doesn't
1: work. Our uprising doesn't work if we're only liberating ourselves. Right. Okay. And once again, I'm a white guy with plenty of money to do what I need to do for my health. And I know how much privilege I have. But what I am saying is if we do not help the underprivileged to also be liberated from this system, then we will fail Yep. because there aren't enough of just us.
0: Exactly. Right? If
1: you're listening to this and you're anything like us, you've got privilege, you've got the money to do what you need to do. You mm-hmm. have the ability to say no to the medical system and still be right. taken care of. Right. Then your responsibility, aside from owning your freedom, right, and not giving that away, your responsibility is to do what you can to help those that don't have your privilege have the same opportunities to experience something better. I don't know what that looks like though. I don't know what it looks like other than maybe we need to be getting more political and we need to be working harder to change the way that food is talked about right. in our schools, because let's face it, most people stop learning the right. minute they graduate from school. Yeah, So that might be our last chance to educate people. And I'm not talking about college because most people that need this the most are never going to go to college. Right. We need to change the way that foods are paid for in this country so that it is no longer cheaper to get macaroni and cheese than it is to get some broccoli right. and some grass-fed beef, right. heaven forbid, Yep. right? And we need to make it so that people are incentivized to do good choices for themselves before they need medication. Exactly. Right. We need a real preventative medicine system in our country. Right. Because right now that's just a word and there is zero energy behind that word of preventative medicine.
0: Well, we're being placated with this false sense of safety with masks right now. Sure. Like if you wear a mask, you're fine. And it's like, no, you can't poison yourself with junk food and wear a mask and think you're fine. Like we need to stop
1: Because just like everything else, masks are a response. Mm -hmm. They are not proactive. They are reactive. Exactly. By the time we're talking about masks, it's too late. Mm -hmm. So we can argue all day long about masks, but the conversation should have started years ago. Right. And it's not too late for us to start this conversation for the next COVID. Right. Which probably will come this fall. Wait for it. Mm -hmm. Right. So- What we need to be doing right now, if you are listening to this, your number one task right now is to make yourself as healthy as possible. Right. Not just to keep yourself safe, but to keep the people around you safe.
0: I also think, you know, we think, well, how do we change these corporations? I think we need to change our culture within our circles. So Mm -hmm. maybe we start demanding in small ways and in in kind ways too. This is what I do is when our kids go to new teachers, I say, you know, no junk food for my children. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if 20 parents were saying the exact same thing to that teacher? What do you think that teacher would do? She would create a different narrative around her reward system. Mm-hmm. Boom, we've changed something, right? right? Maybe, it, maybe it was just one classroom, but you know what? Maybe she'll do that the year after and the year after. Maybe other teachers will pick that up too. All
1: right, so task number one, you make good decisions for yourself and for your family yes. to the extent you have control over that. Task number two, use your influence, use your power yes. for good. Because a lot of you listening, you do have power. Mm-hmm. If you are a parent at a school, you have power. Yes. They care what you think, especially mm-hmm. if you're one of those parents that likes to get involved and talk. Right. They're going to care. They're going to yeah. want to work with you on that.
0: Yep. Get
1: involved. Make a difference there. If they will change it for you, there's a good chance they'll change it for everybody. Right. Especially if you can be the one coming up with creative ideas that will work just as well. Right. Teachers use candy because it's the default. Not because it is some magical thing that is the only way that you can get kids to do what they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's how we've always done it. Right. But there are other options that would work just as well. Right, exactly. And if you can introduce those, you've made a ripple. Exactly. And that ripple is going to make a difference in your community. Mm -hmm. Step number three, don't be afraid to get a little bit activist.
0: Right. Right? Or I want to say, don't be afraid to talk. You know, you don't have to... An activist doesn't have to yell. It doesn't have to insult. Like, no, 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 you no. Can, you can start opening your mouth and just having these conversations. Yeah. And-
1: true, true activism is not going to a place and yelling. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we always think of, right? It's the protesters and the marches and all that. Mm-hmm. That's fine, whatever. But when I'm talking about activism, I'm saying get involved with the groups that are actually trying to create legislation. Mm-hmm. Get involved with the groups that are actually trying to set up systems that will help people become healthier.
0: Right. Exactly. Find
1: out what they are in your area and, and join. Do what exactly. you can to contribute to that. Right. Exactly. Because the larger the ripples we can create,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the more momentum we swing in our favor yeah. so that our country in the future is focused on prevention and health from the ground up Rather than reaction and medicating when it's basically too late to do anything about it.
0: Exactly. I think another thing we need to, to maybe step four, I don't know if you were at like three or four, step four, step five.
1: I think I was three. What's four?
0: Number four, I think we need to kindly and gently and as lovingly as possible call out the spades. Call a spade a spade. When we are having these conversations around food, when we're having these conversations around systems, we need to be like, you know what? This is toxic. Yeah. This doesn't hurt. This this hurts you. Like mm-hmm. this hurts our bodies. Mm-hmm. Here's some research as to why. Maybe we can all collectively make a change. Yeah. You know, call out the spade and then bring about a solution in a loving way, use loving language, you know, not yelling at people and saying they're stupid, right. Telling them to stay in their lane because guess what guys, this is everyone's lane. Mm -hmm. All right. If someone tells you to stay in your lane, you tell them, if they're not for people, then they're against people. All right. Like this is, we all need to take up space here and collectively start talking Mm -hmm. and pushing against this oppressive system. Mm-hmm. This oppressive system that, that benefits off of the backs of all of us, mm-hmm. all right? They, they benefit, they, they steal from us. They steal our money and our life force right. and they call it health. Yep. They call it food. They call it healing medicine. It's nothing but disease and decay and we are done. Right. We're so done.
1: But again, just another reminder, two important things to keep in mind. The people who are most at risk here are people who are obese, people that have lots of chronic diseases because they haven't taken care of themselves. But more importantly, these people are not your enemy. No. They are victims. Yes. They're not victims of coronavirus. They're victims of Western diets.
0: Yep. The standard American diet.
1: Okay. And they deserve compassion. They deserve protection. Yep. They deserve your care every bit as much as our children do. Yep. Because goodness knows we are good in our country at looking mm-hmm. out for the children. Right. Yet here we are in this situation where children aren't at risk. Right. The people who are at risk are the people who are overweight, who mm-hmm. have diabetes, who are poor. Right. Minorities. Yep. Let's take care of these people.
0: Right. Let's take care of them and call a spade a spade. (laughs) I'm going to keep bringing that up because a spade is a spade and sugar is poison. All right. Um, You guys, I think that's it. I think that's all we want to say about this. Uh, If you guys have ideas on how to collectively come together and have conversations around this, let us know if there's someone out in this community that is doing this and wants to have conversations about it. Let us know. I'm really excited to say I am. I'm going to be talking with Shauna and Carlin. I'm not sure when I'm talking with Carlin, but there's going to be other people that I'm going to reach out to as well. A lot of people on Instagram said I need to reach out to Dr. Joseph um, Arena.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so maybe he'll talk to us. I don't know. I still need to reach out to him. But awesome. I think it's going to be, you know, let's let's keep talking mm-hmm. to each other. Let's keep opening up this narrative Let's keep reminding each other that we are all in this together Mm -hmm. and that, yeah, we we're frustrated and we're angry and we're tired, but we can't, we can't abuse each other because of it, Mm -mm. because I didn't do this to you and you didn't do this to me. All right. We need to keep reminding ourselves of that. And we need to keep reminding ourselves that the media is bought and paid for already. Mm -hmm. All right. Do not get your news From the news. (laughs) And and most
1: certainly don't take your marching orders from the news. Right. Do not let them tell you how to feel about any topic or what to say to people or any of it. Yeah. Be your own person, yeah. have your own thoughts, yep. form your own opinions based on a variety of sources.
0: Totally. And don't let anyone shame you otherwise right. because you're just a stay-at-home mom right. or because you're just a woman or because you only do this. That's mm-hmm. that's baloney. You do not have to have a medical license. You do not have to be an accountant or an MBA Mm-mm. to form opinions and use one of the most powerful tools on the planet, a online search bar, mm-hmm. you can research these things. Mm-hmm. We have technology to help us make that really easy. All right. You don't need a degree in research. You can do this. And and while you're out
1: there researching, look up Jamie Oliver. He is actually a really good example that we might be able to start our learning from. He basically, I don't know if he still does does this, but he goes into schools and he revamps the school lunches so that they're actually kind of nutritious. Right. He may not take it as far as, as you and I do Johnny, but mm-hmm. um, what he does is really cool. And it's a great kind of a catalyst for thought about ways that we can think about how to change our communities right. or even other communities. Right. So
0: I, I want to just end this on a note of this isn't, I'm not trying to about face on this topic, but there was a A quote that I saw on Facebook or someone told me when the whole story with Ahmad uh, came out, he was shot and murdered while he was running. He was just going on a normal run. And there was a video that someone leaked of the shooting, right? But the sentence had already passed. And those two killers, they were set free, all right? However, when the public saw the video, that's when action happened. So the saying was this, Justice, justice wasn't served because they saw the video. Mm-hmm. Justice was served because we saw the video. That's right. All right. So we need to remember that we do have power when we are collective, when we band together behind a purpose. Because again, we saw the video and then they changed their tune. Right. Okay. Let's start changing those tunes. By talking to each other and demanding better for ourselves and for those that are not, for those that can't demand it. All right. We need to advocate for us and the underprivileged. And that's it. All right. So Mm -hmm. let's not forget our power. Let's not forget who, and I don't want to be like the real bad guys, but you guys, it's not you. You're not my bad guy. I'm not your bad guy. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to each other and heal as a nation, as a country, as a world, as people. Let's do it. Okay, until next time.
1: See you later.